0: Hi, Mal, welcome to Director Talks. Uh, And today we'll be speaking over your film, feature film, Under the Weather. So before we begin, uh, can you tell us a little about yourself and introduce yourself to the audience and let us know about your film journey?
1: Uh, I started uh, making films at school, 13, 14 years old, um, with Super 8 and things like that. We had a, a workshop, a, a team visited um, for about three days and, and and we were able to make films. It was great and discovered, yeah, I like this. It's uh, it's like art, but you don't need to be able to draw and it's like writing, but a bit easier. Uh, it's come up with the ideas and act them out. You don't have to be that good at writing. So it, it was a nice mix. It just, it just fitted me very well. So I carried on doing that as much as I could. But yeah, Super 8 films and bits of video, maybe early days of video recording. Um, then early 20s, sort of just, just gave up on it all. It was all too much nonsense of video tape to tape. 16 mil film was out of the question. 35 mil, never seen 35 mil cameras So in my life. So it's kind of uh, right. OK, just doesn't. Just isn't practical. But I carried on teaching films and doing community film work with lots of people and organisations and uh, a living doing that. And that got me into teaching and lecturing about film. So it was all uh, a nice film journey. Um, And part of the lecturing, obviously, it went digital. We watched the digital coming in. It's very exciting. And it's like, yeah, it's getting there. It's getting close. I remember reading about Red. About red cameras, about two two or three years before they were due out, but they were on the way. I thought well, that's it; that'll do me. So I can buy a camera and a laptop and make films that will project in cinemas, and I can do that for the rest of my life. So that that was the plan. So I had I had a multimedia business by then, um, and all that kind of quit, and it was like, yeah, I just I'll just make films, just make films now.
0: So is under the weather, your first feature film or have you made any other projects before this?
1: Feature length wise is is the key to it. I made lots of films, short films and mini documentaries and and drama films. Uh, Then in a feature length as a community project commissioned with a a group of youngsters, a sort of like eight to twelve. And that was really exciting and very interesting and, and ridiculously pressured, very hard to get the structure and the, the deliveries and all the kind of things you need to hold a film together. But, yep, great stuff. Uh, then started on another one, which got interrupted with Under the Weather. Uh, so Under the Weather is kind of like the, in in many ways, was the second film, um, although, in, in fact, it's kind of like the third or maybe even the first, who knows probably the third, but it took a while to finish. Um, I had to do it for my MA that I was doing, which was a good thing. If you're doing a feature film, try and get some artificial deadline. Because, you know, even, even a short film, is. do you think, Mary, it's so hard and so difficult? Um, so if you can have some kind of external deadline that's going to get in your way to make sure you can keep the momentum and and keep the workload up because the scale of a a feature film is wonderful. You know, it's a huge project.
0: So what is the idea behind Under the Weather? The topic is about change therapy. And obviously you had the crew over the weekend in a cottage and you filmed it without any extra support or a kind of like a huge crew, a commercial film, like how they have it. So how did you manage all that?
1: The the point was that as a I, I'm a change work therapist, and in that we we do a lot of interesting work with language. Uh, we do some eye movement work, uh, trance kind of stuff, and timeline therapies. A range of different of different things, uh, provocative change works as well. Uh, there, there's a lot of interesting therapeutic techniques out there. And it seemed important that I could use those in the room but what whilst making a film. But to have a crew there would make it a lot harder to do, I think. It would have been all about explaining everything to them, trying to keep an atmosphere, you know. And, it, and it's hard, even as a therapist, when you work with, say, a child and the parents there, even that's kind of difficult you're trying to focus on a person and get the response you want so in, in some ways a therapist is very like a director you're you're after a change in them you're after them to present something and to feel something um <clears throat> and letting them explore that and then if you've got somebody else to manage like the parent which is a young person's kind of like yeah okay just wait on that isn't what i meant but anyway and crew for all the helpful and brilliant and the craft is wonderful I didn't want them in the room, you know, I know myself, if I'm doing lighting, it's like, well, you know, give me time to get my lights, please. I'm trying to make this as good as possible. Or if you're on sound, it's like, get out my way. i got to get the boom in, get the ambient recording. It's it's all, you have your own agenda as crew. And I didn't want that in the room. And I wanted to see if, if digital, if digital technology can do that for us and yeah, my answer is absolutely it can. Absolutely. A full-frame DSLR, um, different mics placed, a bit of thinking about it, a bit thinking of where you're going to put the microphones, how you're going to manage that, that scene. Uh, but, of course, you can clip mics to people. I, I didn't do that. I used directional mics and, and different and had separate audio recorders around so I could cover the room, everything on, let's go. And an hour later, we'll stop filming, <laughs> and that's kind of the, the way the way I, I, I would work. And in that, I would move around, um, kind of editing in my head as you go along. So somebody's performing, you go that's good. Let's go with that. That really worked because it's, it's all improvising. There, I'm after trying to get a kind of reality, a normality, normal people doing normal stuff that's what I'm really after and if I can get that and then still have a drama so it doesn't have to be mumblecore it doesn't have to be some kind of art film I think it can be structured but you direct it and structure it in a way that still allows just people to be themselves and if I'm on my own I can quickly yeah we'll take that I can quickly improvise myself right change that scene what was said then really works I need I know I need a response to that so I can get that as soon as they've run this through. I just have to remember, let's go back and get the response to that. Cause that was lovely. We'll use that because of that. We'll drop this other thing we we're going to talk about. Don't bother about that. Just see what happens. Let's go. And, and without the crew, you stay in the zone, right. you know, because I think if you've given somebody the responsibility of the audio recording and, and you've sort of said cut and you're chatting with the actors, That's their time to move and and get a different placement. But by doing that for their audio, it it will affect what I'm doing. And to have in the room, the only thing going on is just this scene. It's just this story, this scene, these feelings. That's all I'm interested in. That's all the cast are interested in. And there's nobody else there. That is lovely. It's a great way to make a film. It's a real different thing, you know, it's a different thing.
0: So, As a filmmaker, uh, what would you prefer, a commercial film or having control of an independent feature film, like fully controlled? What is your take on that?
1: I do like the word independent.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (coughs) I like indie as well, indie filmmaker. That that, that, that sounds good. But, I mean, in terms of a, a business status, most films are independent. You know, there are some studios, but there's very few studios are kind of delivering things again, unless we look at Netflix that are starting to just, we'll buy this, we'll buy that. So, so, awash with cash, they have to, let's make some more movies and anyone will be in it, paying what they like, let's get on with it. We need more content. But most films are independent. The people involved are independent. The freelancers. So it's not a word that rings true necessarily, um, you can make money, you can make uh, films for hobby money now. And, and I often say to people about, you know, what, what the budget for the film, my budgets tend to be zero. They're not. Money is spent on travel or something around the props. I would love to pay the actors the performers, the non-actors and the performers, that they should be on a day rate. And, and I need to get to that position. I can't be keep exploiting people in, in this way, really. It's just not, not a way forward. So and there needs to be a, a level of pay. Although sometimes I'm not really interested in actors either. You know, I'm interested in finding non-actors to do the work, to play an enhanced version of themselves. And that's where my bent goes, trying to get this reality and just find a different, a different way of doing cinema. If I had 50,000, I think that's kind of reasonable. 50,000 pounds or $50,000 even to make a movie sounds about okay. Any more than that, I'm thinking, come on, you could set up an ongoing business for a bit more than that. You could, you can set, obviously, you can set a business up for a lot less. But if I had $500,000, would I make a film with that money? No. I don't think you would. And I don't think many filmmakers would. Actually, you spend their 500000 If if somebody won the lottery. Are they going to blow it on a movie? No. I just think movies can be very, very expensive. The digital makes everything cheaper. And it's okay if you're doing the big blockbuster. And there's so many skill sets involved, way beyond my skill sets. And you need it to deliver that. It's a fabulous occasion, a fabulous thing. And commercially, it, it is commercial, but it's it's creative as well. It's massively creative. It's a business opportunity because they know they get that a good weekend, the first release, it'll do fine. The next one, everything on paper looks good. People will turn up. That, that, that's a wonderful thing. I, I no problem with it at all. What is interesting, though, I would say is that a lot of the... Elements of commercial practice are very useful as a a solo filmmaker or a solo creator. Screenings, for instance. So you make the film and then you screen it and Hollywood and all that will do test screenings, change the ending, wait till the audience are really happy with it and go, yeah, that's the one we'll release. Now that seems, for me initially, I thought that's very cynical. Well, just make the film you want to make. Be an artist and make that film. But now, I love the screenings. You know, the first couple of screenings of a film are like very terrifying to be in the room while people are watching it. And you kind of like, you can feel the drop as everybody disengages and you can feel just holding on to them. And you can feel a scene that's lost it somehow. And that's all the art. That's what the art is about. So I think there's a lot of commercial practice that is simply the the art of making a film, Mary, I think. I think films are weird things to do. They involve lots of processes and lots of people, usually lots of people, at least the cast as well, even if I'm just doing it by myself, a lot of favours, a lot of teamwork, a lot of relationships, and they're for a purpose. And you put them in front of an audience and sort of sit there and, Crikey. If it's theatre, when I was younger, I did a bit of theatre acting, you know, you, you can up the tempo a bit. You can play about, you can do something to keep the audience there. And that's why many people love the theatre. I can't stand it myself. I find it really weird and pretending and odd, but it's kind of um, not, not comfortable. But in a film, you can't change anything. If you're a band, if you're a musician... You can feel that audience. You can put into the audience and use what the audience output back at you, back into your performance, and off you go. In the film, it's not. It's cement. It's just cemented up there on the screen, and there's nothing you can do. Suddenly, people are enjoying that bit. Like, oh, someone's laughing. Oh, bit more of that then. Let's get that going. You can't. You have to sit there. Now, that, that's. It's a, an amazing art form. I mean, it's a public space and a performance, but. You can't change any of it. It's it's an amazing thing.
0: So coming back to the topic of under the weather, it's basically on mental health and change therapy. So how does that relate with the real life and real situation?
1: It it was important for me to try and say something about mental health. Um, As a change work therapist, it's a a different game. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not believing in people's stories. I'm taking the sense that the brain works as a network of neurons, and what's fired together, wires together. So things happen, and if they kind of happen again, the the wiring gets more pronounced. What was a little thing becomes a big thing, and we end up with patterns in our brain or, or maps of the world, maps of this universe that we're in. Now a counselor type would have us the our brain is a library and see a spider and it'll go, oh, spider, I've seen that before. I'm gonna look in the books. Oh no, jump, scared, scared, jump, everybody. Oof. The brain doesn't do that. It's not a library of stories about spiders. It's it's a, a fizzing reaction immediately. So if you've been around somebody who screamed when they had a spider, or you you know somebody who got bitten by one as a child or some bad experience it wires together and you have an instant response. Now with that, when somebody presents to me as depressed, anxious, uh, OCD, all these kinds of things, I can work with it because I take it as, as the response now. And the eye movement therapy is, is wonderful. Absolutely just changes the way the brain is, is rewired. Uh, I'm doing a, a PhD on how that works and, how it works in cinema at the moment. It's very interesting. But it means that we're not, it means for me that the idea of stories, they're back to us, they're back to the artists and the creators. We're the people that tell stories. You know, you wanna help somebody's mental health, get off our stories and just deal with what the person is doing. How are they doing that? Not why not what makes sense in a beginning, middle and end. So you take the characters in Under the Weather, they don't have a beginning, middle and end. The story doesn't really work like that. As far as the audience concerned, I let the audience have a beginning, a middle and an end, but the people don't, because real people don't. Mary, is this the beginning of a wonderful relationship between us? This could be the beginning of the story of our lives. We don't know. This could be a great partnership being set up that's going to change so much and do so much for us. We've no idea. No idea. We don't work. This could be the end. This could be the last film I ever make. And and, and I never make another one. And it's like, well, that was good, but I just something happened. Don't know. Don't know. We're not a story. Mm-hmm. People are quick and we react now. So you can do things with eye movements. You can do things with language. And, and you can change how people respond. Now, in uh, I do this as a therapist. It's a regular thing. Find somebody who does NLP to some extent, provocative, change works, uh, in- integrated eye movement therapy, things like that. Amazing, amazing stuff. Or well, get in touch with me and I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you links if anybody wants more. There are some people in, in Kerala for sure, uh, so maybe other parts of India into this kind of therapy. Um, now, where was I? In Under the Weather... <laughs> A woman is, is, you know, sometimes as a therapist, you think, oh, shut up, you know, cheer up. Seriously, cheer up, you know, because I know I can sort that out. I know I can change that mood for them should they want to. <coughs> and if presenting as a therapist, I would, but not in everyday life, you don't. Anyway, our therapist character in the film, he he does. He gets involved where maybe he shouldn't ethical considerations he gets involved sorts out this woman's anxiety issues very very quickly and it's effective it's a real situation it does work and uh, you know you might take one or two sessions to cement something else and and build on it and do some identity work and other things around it as as a person gets transformed and they then go back into the real world again they've got to address it. Now, if they go back into the real world and here's their partner, (laughs) their partner hasn't changed. And it's like, whoa, no. You know, you've got a woman who's now free, but with a man who likes this woman who was not free and was used to that, and that can have enormous impact. And that's happened to myself. You know, when husbands are a bit annoyed as to what's happened or wives are a bit annoyed. And the solution is generally getting both in together, Come come together, and let's just roll this around together and get everyone happy again. And that, that, that works fine. Uh, but I did ask other therapists and, and they agreed. Say, <laughs> um, not everybody wants to be free and happy.
0: Yeah.
1: Not everybody wants that. Some people love the misery. And as artists, we we're, we're accused of loving our problems. Do we not? We love our problems and think, Oh, we must have them because, that's my fuel. That's my oh. learning. I'll find out about people and we'll do it. And I'm just sort of like, no, nah, I'm not into that scene anymore. I was when I was younger. It'd be all the roller coaster emotions and depressions, and such. just nonsense, just playing with myself. You know, um, as Richard Bandler says, we've got a, a chemistry set in our brain of all these neuropeptides, neurotransmitters. Bash, bash, bash! Knock them on over everywhere, and you got a mess, you know. But learn what you're doing. Come home to yourself. Close down your neuro receptors when you need to. Open them out when you. Do. There's just various scientific is, is is a word. The things have a a biological underpinning. Whereas you go a counselling. We've had a hundred years in the world of psychoanalysis that has no biological underpinning whatsoever there is no ego there is no unconscious it's not in the brain there is no unconscious there are accesses that are not as often as others but it's one big neural network that's plastic that we can change and we can work with there's no unconscious but most filmmakers and storytellers we all think oh yeah that's their unconscious that's their ego here taking over and it's like I want to try to make films that tell different stories, that don't tell that nonsense, but give a sense of how one person reacts with another person. Let's see that on the screen, please. Let's see more and more of just real things. Because at the moment, what we see on screen, if we see grief, we see somebody pretending to be grief. It's not grief. We see violence, so much violence, but that's not what violence is actually like or feels like on either side of it. It's not real. And the problem is, I think we've had a few generations now of being presented with, these are our emotions. These are our realities. These are our stories of how to be. And I think society is kind of adapting them as real. they're not, they're acted, they're performed. And when you look at what, you know, we know the tricks when we film and when we edit, look at three or four different takes and then I'll have that one because it's more powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're trying to keep that audience on their seats and trying to do that job. And potentially it's like, yeah, but that isn't us. That isn't what we're like as people. Now I went in Under the Weather, There's a lot of that. There's long scenes. Just let them go. See what happens. Because that's real life. You know, occasionally I'll go, okay, we'll stop a scene at a point that's kind of on the beat, as they'd say, in a narrative script writing sense. Or I will ask the actors to, we want this beat, this response and this feeling is what I'm after in this. So just work towards it. We'll come out of it and then we'll end with something else. So... I'm stru- I'd like to think it's structuring rather than scripting.
0: Right. So coming to the uh, towards the end, uh, what is your advice for uh, filmmakers, independent indie filmmakers, and uh, of course the writers?
1: Hey, do do whatever films you want to do. Don't. <laughs> I wouldn't advise to do what I'm doing. I think it'd be great if people were. Um, now, I would say though, come do a feature film make that 90 minute long thing for the for the effort for the effort you're taking in your short films you could make a feature film you add a few more scenes make some of the scenes longer it soon develops it soon develops to get that story and and get that length and you're really testing yourself in a much better way (coughs) i'm not sure i who who watches short films Uh, i did have for five years i had a a short film festival that took films from around the world. And I did quite enjoy it. Uh, it it's very tricky. It also collapsed once I got funding, ironically. It was like, oh, this is just horrendous once you adds funding and people to placate. Other than that, who watches short films? And it's not a you don't have to pretend. You can make films for hobby money. You know, if you're into fishing or or cycling or or driving, motorsports, holidays, whatever it is that that you like, fashion, music even. It's like, you know, the the price of a a guitar you can make a movie for. The price of a fishing rod, you can make a feature length film for. So just work out ways to do that. And and I would say, make films for your community. Make films where you know the audience. You know, that you don't have to imagine this audience on America on Prime TV, Netflix. No, no, no. No, the audience is here, the people you know. And let's make feature films for each other, just as a, a musician would. They'd, they'd start a band, and they go and do a gig at a wedding and play to their friends. That's we, we can do that as filmmakers now. We can make feature films that are with our friends and, and with actors, people who want to move it as a career. Fantastic. Actors are brilliant. I mean, I love to work with non-actors. But the great thing with an actor, you'll do the whole scene. It's like, this is really good. And I think about it, like, now, can we do it? And a bit bit less of that and a bit more of this. The non-actor hasn't a clue what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they've struggled to know what it was or remember. But if you can work with actors and non-actors as well, it's great because the actors will help them out because they're consciously aware, so good at what they're doing. And they will say, yeah, yeah, let's try that bit again. Yeah, and they, the, But a non-actor won't have a clue. You know, so I, I was just saying, make mate, feature films. Mate. It, it's just so uh, the potential is lovely. And the, the challenge to yourself as a filmmaker is huge. Absolutely huge. Now, whether it takes a year or two years or five years, it's, it's, it's a beautiful life to make that. So, so my life now is spent, I'm either making short films for other people's paid jobs, mini documentaries, adverts, uh, music videos, that kind of thing. I will take commissions for feature films though. I mean, that's lovely. I had one from the university and uh, that other community one. Really nice projects. But generally, it's just like, whilst doing that, I'm working on the next feature film. Always. There's one on the, for ed- editing now, uh, that I've been editing for a while. I've got to finish that this year. And, and that's, I think by the time I've done six or seven, I might be quite good at them. It's uh It's it's a tough game, you know, but yeah, your short films, ah, forget it. In the weekend, you can make the feature film.
0: Right. So thank you so much, Mal, for being with us today and joining me this evening for Director Talks podcast. And it was lovely interacting with you and with your wise words and wisdom of knowledge, so much of knowledge about filmmaking and, of course, change therapy. That is also very interesting. Thank you for being with us today. Have a wonderful uh, week and obviously uh, all the best for your future endeavours.
1: Thank you very much and thanks for your festival. Thanks for making that effort. It's not easy to run a festival. Right. Festival, everybody. Give the, the applause that you need <laughs> to run that festival. is <laughs> fantastic.
0: Thank you so and,
1: much. Uh, yeah. and, and your next film's a feature film, Mary, yeah?
0: Yes, I will try and do that. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: try, just do... Yes. It's great. It's really good. It's really good. Think of that scope. It's it's beautiful. A really good challenge. We're, we're a different breed as filmmakers. Right. We're not writers. We're not painters. We're not musicians. We're, we're different. Right. We don't know what we are yet because we ain't Hollywood. Yes. We're, we're just us making films and the digital cameras, our iPhones. we got the tools now. Bye. Let's see what we make. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.